Hello everyone, this is your host, Dr. Tommy Mitchell. We have the pleasure to have Saran James Vaughn here today. She is a founder of Wellness by Saran, a full service holistic wellness education platform dedicated to menstrual health and a decolonized approach to well-being. She helps menstruating people achieve optimal hormone and reproductive health, reduce stress, and live according to their natural rhythms and cycles through diet, lifestyle changes, and personal alchemy tools. Saran supports the journey of identifying the root causes of chronic illnesses, helping the body, mind, and soul return to balance. Saran is also a cultural curator and facilitator, creating safe learning spaces for Black youth at the intersection of wellness, art, and culture. It's a pleasure to have you here today. So I'm curious, brought you into this space of wellness. Why did you decide to start this company? Okay, so first off, I think it would be remiss of me to not mention my my Caribbean roots. I'm Jamaican and my dad is Vincentian. So I grew up very close to nature, going to the beach, getting natural sunshine, going to the country on the weekends to visit with my grandmother and learning about um, what was growing naturally there, different herbs. I'm always seeing them using food and fruits, vegetables to heal the body. And so that was already innate. Um, I also have an aunt who's a nurse. So we are in the business of caring for others. I always saw, you know, especially on my mom's side of family, really that sort of caring virtue in all of them. So when I came to Canada, I actually went into the service industry. I did a business degree and worked in food service for many years. And even throughout that time, moving to Canada, adjusting, my body was going through lots of different changes. I had nocturnal seizures at one point, just a, a smorgasbord of different things happening with my health, but I just kind of set it aside and was really focused on work and then uh, motherhood. And eventually throughout my career, having my own children, realizing that I needed to really start paying more attention to my health and wellness. Um, once I had my second child, noticing changes in my cycle. And so once I had my third child, um, really kind of deciding to change things in my career and build on my passion for food, but looking at it from the perspective of how you can heal the body. And that just kind of led into this bigger exploration, how uh, food, herbs, etc., can really heal the body. And then I noticed that a lot of the clients that I had uh, were women who who were having uh, fertility issues or fibroid or, you know, just really had stubborn weight that they weren't able to lose and wanting to find strategies to do that. And when we took a deeper look, you know, looking at finding that there's hormone imbalance and then myself learning that a lot of folks actually don't have a lot of information about the menstrual cycle and the fundamentals, the 101 of it, but even the emotional and psychospiritual uh, meaning of the menstrual cycle. So I decided to dedicate my time and my energy in educating and uplifting and supporting uh, folks through their healing journey. I love that. I especially love how you really are one with nature. You grew up with the great out outdoors. And for those of you who are listening to the show, being outdoors has so many benefits. I'm just like, obviously being in the sun helps your body create vitamin D, which is important for moods, cancer protect, um, prevention, and so many other things. Kids with ADHD 
PhD study, I think it was a Harvard or BU study, it was probably a decade ago or longer, showed that kids that were outside in the sun playing, seeing green grass, the key was green grass, showed less signs of inactivity, inattentiveness. So people, we need to get out. Like this, we need to be out with nature. It's for many of us who live in brick city, so to speak, especially those who live in New York or Chicago, even some parts of Toronto where it's a lot of just buildings, make the effort to even go for a walk. And when you can, go out of the city, go see grass, go see nature, connect with it. Okay. Long ago, we depended on nature and our bodies and minds were so in tune with how to pick and grow foods that would help us, whether when you had a scratch, aloe vera, or when you had a tummy ache or menstrual cramps. Our forefathers, our women created tinctures, mixtures to help us. That's how we got to where we are today. And for those who are believer in medicine, as a doctor kind of thinks of medicine, a lot of our medications, they're from plants anyway. They're derived from nature. They're just, we just try to synthesize them in a lab to create more and also to extract the pure piece that we want. So remember that everything came from nature. This, the glass in your phone came from sand and your computer screen. Nature is so important. I know we're kind of digressing, but this is important. But in an age where we have so much global warming and deforestation and horrible things that are happening globally, it breaks my heart what I've been seeing on the news and hearing. We have to get back to the basics and that's loving this earth we have because we only have one. This is all we have to pass to our children and our children. So I implore you, I beg you, do every little step you can do, whether it's walking when you can, carpooling, not wasting, recycling, plant a tree. When we were kids, we used to plant trees. Now, I don't know how people plant trees anymore, but that was what we did. So I thank you, Saran, for letting me get on this tangent, but I just feel it's so important and we all need to reconnect. Okay. So I'm curious because a lot of our uh, listeners are women and some of them are men who have women in their lives. <laughs> What natural foods from your experience and what you do, do you find is beneficial for women having mood changes during that time of that month? Right. Okay. So where I would start is, you know, just becoming more aware, right? Okay. So awareness is key, body awareness, noticing when you are having shifts in your emotions. For most people in that 10 days before the start, that would be like the, the luteal phase of the cycle, right? Yes. Um, And so what I teach folks to do is to eat according to the different phases. That includes looking at replenishing or the menstrual phase and the follicular phase. So rebuilding um, after bleeding, um, getting your iron stores up, getting your greens in, getting your micronutrients in, and then um, moving through the cycle that way. So I don't just necessarily look at the premenstrual phase because if you're just nourishing yourself with a premenstrual phase, it might not be as helpful as if you're kind of going through and making sure you have everything you need throughout. But nutrients specific to that phase are calcium, magnesium, vitamin B6, and omega-3 oils. So some of the foods that are rich in those are your greens, so your kale, your Swiss chard, that will give you your magnesium content and your calcium. And those are great for the calming the nervous system. So if you tend to suffer more from the anxiety piece, that anxious feeling, and then also calcium is similar. 
The omega-3s, again, essential for your nerves, um, nerve protection, and for mental health. So I often tell my clients to up their doses, omega-3 fish oils uh, during the premenstrual phase, but also include uh, more fish, salmon, uh, trout, sardines even, uh, high in that omega-3 nutrient uh, to support the mental health. Vitamin B6 is more for some of those other premenstrual symptoms that are experienced, the cramping, the bloating, etc. And then reducing sodium in that premenstrual phase if you tend to be more bloated. I love it. And you know what? All of what you're saying is basically the fundamentals of healthy eating. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. like your two to three servings of seafood, ideally a week, your veg- your greens, right? <laughs> but I Absolutely. mean, we live in a world that this is not common sense. It's like the French fries and the burger. And Absolutely. <laughs> the Absolutely. Right? You, it, it's always surprising to me because typically I get my clients to do a, a food journal, a seven day food journal um, as part of the assessment. And then when I take a look at it, people are not, folks don't realize how imbalanced their diet is until they actually start to track what they're eating. Yes. And then you can really see there's a lot of deficiency in there. And the other thing to note is that because of modern farming techniques, a lot of the food is deficient. So what you are expecting in terms of magnesium content in your kale may not be what you're getting because the soil is very depleted, over farming, etc. So sometimes it's even though you feel like you're eating, you might be eating well, you can still be nutrient deficient because you're not getting everything out of the food. So sometimes it's helpful to supplement. I do therapeutic nutrition. So once I look at the diet, I will kind of make an assessment as to whether where you would need a little bit additional support and then therapeutically using supplements where necessary and then incorporating more of a certain food to help to strengthen the body and the diet. But there's so much that can be done in a very short period of time, especially if you have things like PCOS, for example, which responds really well to changes in diet and lifestyle, exercise particularly. Um, Some of those you can really do a lot naturally with food, with herbs and with supplements. Well, thank you. We're going to get back to PCOS, but because it's called the menstrual cycle. So let's talk about the rest of the cycle. We talked about the luteal phase and now let's talk about the follicular phase. So let's complete that. Right. So I like to explain the cycle through the seasons because I think people connect more with stories and like being able to visualize. I'm a visual person too. Like that's how I tend to learn as well. So if you think about spring, spring is when you see things coming to life. The buds are coming up. Um, You're seeing, you know, the, the peak of, you know, green grass coming through. Um, There's some actual uh, like herbs or bulbs, I should say. So for example, garlic, that you're going to see that coming up now in the springtime. Spring is really that renewal after the the long winter. So the follicular phase is similar to that. And so your hormone levels are starting to rise again. Serotonin levels are starting to rise. So if your mood was low during the menstrual and like in the premenstrual phase, you will notice that you're starting to feel like, oh, this new energy coming. And so this is how I like to explain it to folks. If you don't necessarily know all the technical um, or the the medical jargon around FSH and estrogen and things like that. Just know that your hormone levels are starting to increase. And so you want to help the body in that sort of replenishment because you're kind of leading up to the grand show, which is ovulation uh, during that time, right? And it takes several cycles oftentimes to, to, to see results. So really doing that 
concentrated eating well throughout your cycle for about three cycles and then you're still going to start to see things moving along but that follicular phase is when you want to be um, supporting the blood so if you have lost quite a bit for those especially who tend to have heavier periods focusing on iron rich foods again the, the greens come into play here if you are on an iron supplement making sure that you're taking that there are some herbs that I really love to use in that phase too like red clover there's a few other ones um, that help to kind of nourish the body in that phase to get you to that grand show you love it very good and then you you know you mentioned polycystic ovarian syndrome which is PCOS for those who are not aware of it is very very common and I don't know if it's anecdotally in the past decade plus I see it on the rise with my patients young and it's younger and younger so a woman with PCOS typically has you know extra weight not always but typically that's the traditional acne extra hair like around the nipples or chin hair may have irregular cycles and down the road when she's trying to conceive problems with fertility so can you please share what you recommend for women who perhaps have polycystic ovarian syndrome PCOS so the number one thing I've found and I I tend to have a lot of clients with PCOS you're right definitely on the rise but the number one thing I would say is stress management Mm. that HPA axis is where I see a lot of challenges right and I think we live in an increasingly stressful world so you know the thing that I always impress upon folks is that reproduction or your reproductive system is a nice to have your body is going to shut that down if you are in stress right because if you're stressed you don't need to digest food you don't need to reproduce your body does not find that it's safe to do that so a lot of my clients are really focused on the mental and emotional piece because that's often where a lot of the challenges lie. because once you can get the nervous system into a calm state then the body will naturally start to send more resources to the reproductive organ so that's the first piece of it a lot of folks with the extra weight they find they get frustrated because with PCOS sometimes it's more difficult to lose weight you know and it's like they would have heard many people say okay you just go to the gym just do a low carb diet and you know you're gonna be fine that's not always the case it's sort of multifaceted so really looking at what is in the diet um looking at where there's opportunities for improvement so increasing fiber is a big one um regulating blood sugar because oftentimes there's an insulin resistance element to it not for everyone but some for a lot of folks they are in that kind of pre-diabetic phase so really looking at the diet i like to incorporate a lot of bitter herbs whenever there is pcos because it helps with blood sugar regulation as well some people are just more carb sensitive than others so it's a matter of figuring out where your body is how your body is working and making adjustments accordingly pcos also responds really well to exercise but particularly weight bearing exercise so not just doing cardio but doing those weights doing those even if you don't actually have the equipment there's lots of exercises that you can do that are weight bearing that would be really helpful and then the other thing to address is the high androgens i do a lot of adrenal supportive herbs uh, to help to lower those uh, those androgens and again it all ties into that hpa axis stress management and things like that so it's really a multifaceted approach but typically i see very high stress levels a lot of responsibility or the feeling of having to take on a lot of responsibility in that person's life so they have they're taking care of a lot of people around them they are they have high stress jobs they're responsible for 
financially for a lot of things. That's a pattern that I see. So we really kind of tackle that part of it. And I go through a lot of different exercises and mitigate some of the stress that they're experiencing. Yeah, I really love your comprehensive approach to PCOS. And, you know, for some of you who listening who perhaps have tried everything, Asana's saying, you know, your healthy weight, you be mindful of your macro micronutrients, you reduce your stress, and you're still having troubles conceiving. If you're under 35 and it's been more than a year, please do seek medical attention because there can be other things too. So we want to make sure we don't make, you know, for women who have struggled with infertility or their partners, because it takes two to tango, please seek help. And if you're over 35 and it's been more than six months of trying, definitely seek help. There is no shame. I think it's like one in eight, or if not women or one in six, it's a high number of couples struggle with infertility. It's like 15% in Canada. So please, please, please seek help. There are so many ways in which we can help you, but the foundation as what we spoke about today is a must, you know, healthy weight, reducing those um, androgens, stress management. You know, there are other modalities that people have used that have potentially helped like acupuncture, Reiki, massage therapy, like just throw everything at it. There's no harm done. And you know what? The very least is going to help you live a longer, healthier life for your future children. And as she mentioned, weight bearing exercise, that is a really good point. And I know I should be more vocal about that with, you know, my patients is a lot of women think, oh my goodness, I don't want to be bulky. So I don't want to lift weights. We're not asking you to be a bodybuilder, right? Can you elaborate on that, Saran? Absolutely. So the thing is, right, for women, I was reminded of this from a friend of mine recently who is in her early fifties. And she, she said to me, uh, Saran, are you, have you been working? Cause she, we met from yoga class. So we, she knows that I'm a pretty active person. And I said, you know, with the pandemic, I haven't really been doing a whole ton of um, weight bearing. I've been doing my hikes and running and things like that, which I always do. And she reminded me, she's like, it goes real quick, the muscle tone, right? And as you get older, it's much more challenging to um, retain. And it goes like that. So she's like, just keep up on that. And it was a really great reminder for me. So it's not just for, you know, PCOS and, and metabolizing energy. That's a huge part of it. But also as women that we need muscle tone to support our bones so that we, if we fall when we get older, I know we don't think about those things when we're young, but it's so much more challenging to play catch up than to maintain, right? Yes. So you lose muscle mass quite quickly as you age. Yes. And it's not that easy to build it again. And you need that as you get older to support your skeletal system as well. Yes. And speaking of bones, I believe it's 30 or so we reach our peak bone mass on average. That being said, some later. So 30 is still kind of young, but our bones are getting... not so young. So it's really, really important that you do these activities because when we're younger, when you're in school, you have to do physical activity, PE, you know, so you have some activity, plus you have youth on your side. And then for many of us in our twenties, it's either school, family starting, et cetera, et cetera, more sedentary life. We have a little bit of youth on our side, but it doesn't last long. So please that weight bearing activity, even if it's just five pound, 10 pound weights, just rep repetitions, or if you're carrying a laundry bag, 
basket, which I often do as a mother of young kids, you know, pulling that basket away from me. So it's, I'm not resting it on my chest to support. I'm actually using my muscles, right? And you can rebuild. I am living testimony of that. I definitely have increased muscle mass now in my thirties than I likely did even a few years ago. I'm more toned. Maybe people ask me, Hey, Dr. Mitchell, you've been working out. And I'll be like, yes and no. Like I'm not going lifting power lifting by any means. I am being more mindful and using my muscles, whether it's yoga, where I'm supporting my weight, stretching, etc. There's so many ways. So please, please, please build a muscle, keep those bones strong because when you fall, it's good to have something to bounce back up on. So think about that. It's a cushion. So absolutely. Please. So important. And then with osteoporosis, that's another condition which corresponds with that menopausal phase. Your risks of your bones age, they become more brittle. And if you have a family history of it, your risk is higher or you're perhaps Asian or Caucasian, they tend to have higher risk compared to those of African Jamaican origin, like Saran and I are. So just be mindful of your risk factors, know your family, but just because you have a family history doesn't mean you're SOL, okay? You can overcome your family history. You really have to be deliberate and smart and be on guard. All right, Saran, anything you'd like to add as we wrap up the next few minutes? Yeah, so you touched on family history genetics, and I think especially for women of African descent, yes, there are some reproductive issues that are more common to us. Yes. Okay. Yeah. One of them being fibroids. I'm seeing PCOS growing in yeah. our community and, but fibroids is a big one, infertility. So really paying attention to your reproductive health is so important because you think, oh, well, I have heavy periods. It's no big deal. Or I have cramps. It's no big deal. I can just push through it or whatever it is. Not really paying attention unless, until something is really wrong. Yeah. Right. And sometimes at that point, a fibroid may have been growing for a long time or you're ready to start a family, but then you're realizing you're having some difficulty. The key to this is keeping, being more mindful and more aware and paying attention to your cycle and the shifts and changes that are happening with it, because it is an indicator of overall health. Mm -hmm. And we know that people with, you know, menstrual health issues tend to have a higher risk of things like um, cardiovascular illnesses later on in life, uh, tumor growth, etc. So it's not something to take lightly if you're noticing that things are not right, if you're missing cycles, if you're missing your period, if you're not ovulating, if you are bleeding significantly, if you're experiencing significant pain, if you're noticing severe mood changes, meaning that you are extremely anxious, extremely depressed, um, wanting to isolate a lot more. I'm not saying that we don't all experience a little bit of that, but where it's affecting your ability to function or to work, it's really critical that you address address that. So whether or not, whether that is reaching out to your family doctor, letting them know, reaching out to a holistic practitioner to get some support on how you can lay that uh, fundamental foundation of health and then moving on to moving deep, more deeply into what you can do to support. It's absolutely critical. And I will continue to reinforce how important this is because we tend to be very myopic, very short excited when we think about things well everything is fine now but we are all (laughs) getting gonna get older eventually we want to um invest in our our long-term health ultimately definitely and you know what would be amiss not to talk a little bit just a few moments about the women in menopause and what they can do because 
it's all part of this bigger picture. The spectrum, right? Yes, so yes. this is a, a critical time as well. And what I've noticed is that if you are burning the candle right down in your 20s and 30s, you're extending yourself a lot. Um, by the time you get to your 40s and 50s and into that perimenopause, there tends to be a lot more symptoms, right? So no, good, that's to, good to know. Because <laughs> I yeah. definitely did burn the candles in my 20s in yeah. school. <laughs> right? So hot flashes, the vaginal dryness, all of that, that happens when you start to move into that phase of your life. And that's, so what happens is that the adrenal glands secrete some of your sex hormones. As your ovaries start to slow down production, your adrenal glands kind of kick in to give you a little bit of extra support. But if you are burnt out already, you're already in that kind of, have been living in fight or flight for like a long period of time, then things can become really imbalanced. Blood sugar regulation issues start to kind of pop up. This is when we see a lot of those things that were kind of clinical, yeah. right? They, they kind of come up into the limelight yeah. to really say, hey, you need to pay attention. So supporting the adrenal glands big time during the perimenopause and menopause phase, doubling down on those, the fruits and vegetables that I mentioned. So those critical nutrients, B6, for example, as I mentioned before, another critical one, vitamin C, increasing your intake of citrus foods because vitamin C is critical for supporting the adrenal glands as well. I'm reducing, and a lot of folks probably don't like this one, but caffeine intake, yes. um, that can really uh, flush out a lot of your nutrients. Um, it taxes the adrenal glands as well. There are, you know, so reducing stress and all will help to support you through menopause, perimenopause phase. And of course, there's quite a few amazing herbs that are beneficial. Black cohosh, wild yam. Again, you need to have some support from a herbalist, a nutritionist, a doctor. If you're going to employ this, don't just go and take something up off the shelf. Thank really you. get some guidance around how to use yeah. them because like everything, we think herbs, okay, you just take something. Everything has a, an effect and a side yes. effect if you don't know how to use it, yes. if you don't know, if you're not taking it for the you know right use. So always seek some support and some guidance before you start taking anything. Um, but there are amazing herbs that can help you transition with ease, yes. you know, through that phase because I know that the mood shifts can be even more um, severe yes. during that time. Yes. And I, speaking of mood shifts, I want to just add a little piece here. Ladies, if you struggled with your mood in your 20s and 30s and you didn't deal with them, it would likely hit you like a ton of bricks in menopause. Studies have shown. So it's so important. The things that we we thought we were just coasting before become very apparent when we have changes in our estrogen and progesterone levels. So please, this is the time relationships often fall apart. Marriages, if they lasted this long, relationships, it corresponds with this time of life. And also changes in career and promotions are not being promoted. So please, all the time and energy you've invested all these years, let us help you reap the rewards of being here. Okay, so please, there's no shame in the game. As women, we we go through it. If we are blessed to live as long as to hit menopause on longer, it's a celebration. You are still of value because we know we have ageism in society. So you have so much left to give. So please don't forget that. If you would like to connect with Saran regarding menopause and support and hormones, how can they reach you, my dear? Okay, so you can reach out to me via my website, www.wellnessbysaran.com. 
www.ipsos.com. There's tons of resources there. There's a period quiz. There are um, blog posts as well. I do one-on-one coaching. I do group coaching. And I have a four-week virtual course to help you to tap into your natural rhythms using your menstrual cycle as a blueprint for living. Um, In that course, you learn about the foods to support the different phases of the menstrual cycle. There's tons of exercises. I work through the emotional piece of the things that you experience during that time. I talk about the moon and how it corresponds with the menstrual cycle. And I talk about herbs as well that are supportive, how to use them. And so it's a really holistic course. Um, I invite you to check that out along with the other services that I provide. Love it. Thank you so much. For those who are listening to the Mental Health and Wellness Show, we thank you. If you found this information to be informative, please share it with your friends and family. Follow us. Until next time, this is Dr. Mitchell and Saran. Take care. Bye. Bye.